I realized I had an opportunity. I could leave any sort of legacy that I wanted. But I had this new challenge to define what that would look like. And I was ready for it. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event, For Her, By Her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited time BOGO offers. CrashPlan has options for individuals and businesses who want reliable, secure backup services. CrashPlan works efficiently in the background while you work encrypting and sending all your new or changed files up to their secure cloud every 15 minutes. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited time BOGO offers for Strategy Hour listeners. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject. Back up better with CrashPlan. Welcome to the Strategy Hour podcast. Now, I cannot wait to dive into today's episode. I'm going to be sharing an incredibly personal story about a crisis I faced in 2022 and all of the things that it has brought up for me and transformed my life for the positive. I also, after we wrap up that story, I'm going to share some really important details on how you can move through your own transformation. I'm going to give you insight into what it looks like to really do some deep reflection so that you can understand not only what's important to you, but how to prioritize it now and into the future. All right, let's dive in. It was 30 years to the day after my mom's brain surgery that I had a panic attack. January 7th, 2022. Now, my version of that day 30 years ago is just made up of fragments of what's been retold back to me after I had been asking incessant questions as that day had stole so much of my innocence and adolescence as it really changed the entire trajectory of my mother's existence, my relationship with her, and what my day-to-day looked like as a child. I was just two when all of this had happened. My mother was very pregnant with my sister at the time, who was later born in April, and she had to have emergency brain surgery. 
Now, I'm not sure why my body chose that exact day 30 years later. It clearly had remembered and connected to that defining moment for my mom. But I think what really caught me was that in that moment, I was the exact age that she was when all of this had happened for her. And I had feared for so long that it wasn't if, but when I'd have my own life altering event. And I thought for a long time that so much of that would be connected to the day of my accident and traumatic brain injury in 2016. But this day felt just as defining looking back on it over a year later, if not even though it was a complete blur. The last time I remember having this much of a crisis, I was visiting my fiance in Baltimore and had a panic attack that sent me to the hospital because I definitely thought I was dying that day. Now, while this event didn't put me in the hospital, it definitely defined in my brain as an existential crisis. I had checked off all of Light's boxes. A lot of it was rooted in this unknowing feeling. Where do I go from here? I had already done all the things and yet felt unfulfilled with a complete lack of direction. I had got the degree. I got married. I bought and renovated my first house. We had adopted the dogs. I built the business. I had done millions of dollars in sales, which gave us the ability to drop, buy our dream home. But now what? I'd done it all. I checked all the boxes and I didn't know what life had in store. And I realized I had never imagined my life past my mid-30s. I only had two things left on that like proverbial checklist of sorts. It was having babies and writing a book. And at this point in my life, the having the babies felt completely out of control for me. Like I was not defining whether this would happen. I had done the work and my body was not complying. And so I had tabled that in many ways. The book at this point felt certain it would happen. I wasn't concerned about a timeline. But the not having anything left to do was confusing. And that confusion and uncertainty that followed gave me this feeling of not knowing what to do next. And it gave me pause. It had me thinking about what's next for my life. What do I want? Where do I want to go from here? How do I want to spend my time? What are my goals? What are my aspirations? What are the things I want to accomplish? Who are the people I want to impact? For what and for why? And I didn't know the answer. And it was really stressful not knowing the answer because while this day kicked off this entire period of not knowing, I had to do something in the meantime. I couldn't just live my life without direction, or at least so I thought. <laughs> I had spent in my entire life being future focused. Do this. Do this next. Make this happen. Head here. And when I had gotten to this point where I had reached the quote unquote ending and I still had 60 plus years of my life left to live, I was confused. You know, I had thought having the kids would then define the next set of checkboxes. You have the kids, you go through toddlerhood, you put them in school, you have all of the defining moments that 
help them become a good person. You help them potentially have a career and eventually get married and have kids of their own. And the not having the next generation to explain what the next few decades of my life looked like was really confusing. I decided the only way I could get through this because I simply did not know the answer and this had never happened before. The only way to search was to stop searching. You know, I had done way too much of that. I had like combed through everything in my brain, really thought about all the things I had ever said I wanted and I didn't know. And so I decided for this next period, the only answer that possibly made sense to me was to spend some more time being present and practice being present, not worrying about what's next, but focusing on how to make today impactful. And that actually took an entire year of being present before things started to click. I wish I could say two weeks in and I had all the answers. I didn't. It took so much time and so much practice being present before things started to click. Now, we had built the incubator and focused on helping more businesses break past just being booked out and start building a sustainable business. And I was like, there's something here. If I'm helping people get where I'm at now, what's next for me will define a lot of what's next for my clients. And if I don't know, I don't know how to take them to that next level. I gave myself permission to not constantly be thinking about it. And I was proud of everything I had accomplished. And I was confused why I didn't know or understand what was next. But the giving myself permission to not know was critical. I remember a very distinct day. I don't know the day of the week or when it happened, but it was a moment in time where I gave myself permission to not constantly be thinking about how or when I'd have children. That moment was so fascinating to me because the next few months that followed, it didn't haunt me in the way that it had for years before. I was present and I was living my life. And the chain of events that occurred really allowed me space. It wasn't that it wasn't challenging. It wasn't that I didn't have things to do or I didn't have a to-do list or goals even on the things I was working on in my business. All of those things were true, but this like bigger, longer term vision didn't exist. That is until early 2023. And I was finally able to get back to thinking about the future again. I don't know if it was this day or this conversation, but I had had an appointment with my financial advisor and it was really clear that if we just kept doing what we were doing, we'd have no problem retiring, which honestly, this had all aided in the crisis too, because I checked all the boxes and I had become financially secure and financially free in so many ways at the same time. And what do you do after that? Especially when you have nowhere for that money to go. Like if I don't have kids, where is it going when I'm gone? What sort of legacy am I building and for who? And I realized I had an opportunity 
I could leave any sort of legacy that I wanted. But I had this new challenge to define what that would look like. And I was ready for it. I had spent years doing all of the things. I had spent time being present. And I could tell it was the beginning of a new chapter. I just didn't know what the chapter was called or where it was going or what was going to be inside of it. I could just tell it was a new beginning. And the early part of 2023 definitely was a series of events that led to this new beginning. Now, I never imagined that a crisis of the stature that I had, I don't think you guys realize, the not knowing meant months of therapy, of questioning everything. And leaning into the present was a constant realignment. And so I had to go into this period of self-discovery like I had never done before. Because I had become who I thought I wanted to be. And I wasn't done. I wasn't done evolving. I wasn't done continuing on that path. And so I wanted to embrace this crisis as an opportunity for change. I wanted to use it as a catalyst to make some decisions that would define this second half of my career. I'd been working for 16 years and I knew that I realistically did not want to work for 25 more. I wanted to work for 10 to 15 max. And so I had to decide if I'm halfway done with working, what am I going to do for the next 10 to 15 years of my life? And how do I build towards something? Now, part of the problem was every definition of getting to where I had been or had thought I had wanted to be was defined by society's expectation on women. It wasn't necessarily my own checklist. The house, the car, the marriage, the kids, the career. Those aren't things I magically came up for myself. There were things that were ground into me in first grade, you know? We were all taught the same set of checkboxes to check. And I've seen so many women approach this new stage of life and be super confused. Because what now? And to this point, the main representatives in my life were doing things differently than I imagined myself doing. I had no examples, really, maybe a handful, but not a ton of successful career-driven women without children. It was really confusing to me because honestly, a lot of the super successful career-driven women, you think you know, and then you find out they have children or they've been married for 25 years. And, you know, there's all these other things happening behind the scenes, but I couldn't think of anyone in my close circle or even like out in the world. Like, who is that woman? Who is she? What is she doing? And I decided that instead of continuing to try to find someone to like look up to or be mentored by or use as a guidepost for where I wanted to go, I had to turn inwards and search within myself. Like 
I had spent so many years trying to do exactly what society wanted me to do as a woman. And for what? What did I want? Where did I want to be? Where did I want to go? What did I want to accomplish? And it really took time because I needed to understand my own emotions. I needed to understand why the crisis happened the day that it did. I needed to understand what being present looked like. I also needed to unravel what I was searching for. Because I knew at this point, and I'd, I've said it before on the podcast, I am not in search of happiness. Happiness is fleeting. And I know that. I know enough of my life to know that happiness is moments in time. And so more than that, it's satisfaction and contentment. And the feelings I was feeling were very discontent and very alert, and very on edge, and very anxious. And I needed to embrace this new opportunity. I had to unravel what society wanted for myself, and really look at what influence it was having on my life. What would I want to do differently if I wasn't worried about the perception it gives others? Now, I'd like to think I don't care what other people think, but it's ingrained in our DNA to care what other people think. It is a safety mechanism in our own brains to keep us safe and alive. And you can have crazy enough thoughts and ideas about what you want for yourself that if it's countercultural enough, it can put you in danger. But I had to set aside if I wasn't worried what people would think, what you would think, you listening right now, what would I do? I had to define what really truly mattered to me. And rather than focus on being happy, I had to focus on being satisfied now, content now. And it took time, but I spent time analyzing what is those things? What are the things that make me satisfied now, content now, happy now? One of the first ones was more experiences. I love adventure. I love spontaneity and I love travel. And so early in 2023, I booked a business trip with two weeks notice to a city I hadn't been to in years and brought my spouse. I made my spouse renew his passport so we could put new things on that travel bucket list. And I am actively prioritizing experiences on a daily basis. Now, it doesn't always have to be experiences out of town or new places or crazy adventurous stuff. It can be more spontaneity in my day-to-day life. And that's things that I'm actively doing. I had a friend ask me the other night, hey, you want to go to this class? And the fact that it was that evening, less than two hours later, was a lot for my introvert self. But I knew that spending time with a friend I truly care about and having food (laughs) would make me happy. And so I went to mozzarella making class, mozzarella folding, flipping, tucking. I don't know what you call it, stretching. 
I don't know what it's called. We went to a mozzarella class and it was so fun. And I got to just be there with no expectations of myself or where I had to be or when. I tried to try more new restaurants. The other day, my spouse and I just drove down the street for miles looking at every restaurant we pass by. Where have we not been? What should we try now? Without expectation. We did not decide where we were going before we got there. I also have been doing more little things on the weekends that just make me happy and fulfilled. One of those things has been going to estate sales. I knew I liked doing this. I had done it before, but it never become like a routine of mine. I downloaded an app, estatesales.net for those of you who are curious. And you can look on a map and see what's around your area and what's available to you and you know what the sale is, some pictures of what might be there. I have had more fun this summer going to random homes in my area. Most of these places are l- less than three miles from my house and seeing the homes themselves, the stories that their things tell, the places they've been. It's been so good. I also know that me loving people harder brings me a lot of joy. Spreading love, it always comes back to me. And so one of the ways to spread more love is more quality time. And my mom and sister, while we talk every single day, we don't do a good job of getting together outside of birthdays and holidays. And so I wanted to fix that more girl time, more mom, sister time. And I bought tickets on a whim to see Legally Blonde in the park, the Broadway version. And it was awesome just to be with them. I wanted to include more acts of service as a way to show love. I've always liked doing things for people and I always feel good about it afterwards. It's way better than sitting on the couch and scrolling. My mom recently moved. And so an obvious one was helping her pack when I didn't have to. Like there was no expectation on me as her adult daughter to show up. But showing up, I know, meant a lot to me and a lot to her. I also want to show more love with my finances. I know that might sound weird, but it's really about putting my money where my mouth is worrying less about picking up the tab for a friend or a family member. I want to donate more to organizations I love. And I absolutely have. I recently did a fundraiser for an organization that's important to me. And we got to the event. I decided on a whim to match it. Everything I had raised, dollar for dollar. I also decided that instead of just talking about it, my spouse and I needed to put the wheels in motion on starting something we dreamt about for years. And we're going to build a foundation, a foundation that can give back to our community and change lives. And I'm going to start now. Like, there's no reason not to. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com bossproject to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I knew to be satisfied now, I had to define more of a mission for myself an impact I wanted to leave. Because I think while it might be easy for some to focus on fostering and mentoring their children and molding them into 
good people without that as like a guidepost for my life. I needed to know where I was going. And it became very clear to me that the reason Boss Project's mission is to help more women become financially free, that focus is something deep in my soul and deeply important to me. And if I can help more women get there, seeing that happen changes my life all the time. But it's not just about me. Well, I have so much more clarity on where I am and where I want to be and where I'm going and how that can push me forward. I want to help you know how to go through this process because I didn't know what I was doing when I was wading through it all. I just felt this uncertainty. And so I have some steps and some exercises and some reflective questions for you to be thinking about so that you can go on your own journey of self-discovery. Whether you have the crisis to start it or not, you don't have to have a debilitating panic attack for this to be helpful. So step one, we are going to embrace the uncertainty. It's okay to accept that we do not have all the answers. And the uncertainty is simply part of the journey. Now, this step was so much longer than I had wanted. Like a full year, an entire year of being present and being focused. But it allowed me to break free from that lack of direction and not have it be defining for me. Now, step two, which simultaneously happens a bit with step one, but maybe you need a period completely where this is not necessarily required of yourself before you jump into it. But step two is self-reflection. You need to spend time alone. Alone. Alone with your thoughts and your emotions. You need to understand what triggers your feelings of discomfort, confusion, or dissatisfaction. What brings it to the surface? And it's not about avoiding those things. That's not the point. (laughs) When you feel feelings, you need to move through them. But what is bringing it on? And so this is a time of processing. (laughs) It's a time of understanding and acceptance. And I did a lot of reading throughout this process. I've always been a self-help junkie, but I absolutely spent time reading other stories of other people's transformations, other stories of people reaching their goals or accomplishing things. Or facing adversity and coming out on the other side. Now, these weren't stories that were meant to define my own journey. They were just meant to give me inspiration for what it looked like to move through the discomfort. And they were powerful stories. I read stories about trans people and queer people and other members of BIPOC groups. I read books by researchers and scientists and those that really study emotion and psychology. 
Now, it wasn't necessarily a specific prescription of books that I think you should go out and read. I don't think that's the goal at all. You need to figure out what's going to help you do the reflection. Now, I do think an important and critical step is step three, and that's journaling. And I know, I know, don't come at me. I know that this can be a really confusing and frustrating step that many people say is critical. And for those of you who've struggled with journaling in the past, you are like, okay, what can I do instead? And I hear you. Okay. So before you completely discount this as a step in the process, hear me out. It's about writing about your thoughts, feelings, and desires without judgment. That takes time because so often we put these things on paper or we say them out loud to a friend or family member and we immediately judge what that means for us or our life or our future. And it's important to reflect on what they say so we can gain insight from those points. Now, this has absolutely not come naturally to me in the past. When someone has said journaling, I immediately think about this ritual or habit of sitting down every night in bed with a glass of water and a candle flickering and letting it flow out of you. That didn't work for me (laughs) at all. (laughs) Like literally at all. So I want to give those of you who have struggled with this practice in the past a break and say, it doesn't matter when or how you do it. It simply matters that you let it flow. And if you wake up in the middle of the night with thoughts, write them or say them. I don't care if your journaling is voice notes to yourself or you could do what I do and outline an entire podcast where you let your life on the line and tell tens of thousands of people what you're going through in real time. But it is important that you let it flow. So anytime thing, something sparked in my brain, I'd get out my phone, I'd get in my notes app, and I'd just freely write. Sometimes these things turned into captions on social media. Sometimes they were intimate notes about moments in time. Some of them were notes that I definitely think will end up in a book someday, but it wasn't about them having a purpose. It was about the process of letting them out of my body and letting me see them for what they were and address them. Some of them absolutely had to be things I brought up with my therapist. And some of those things spurred important and powerful conversations with people I love and care about. Now, I encourage you to take those random thoughts and put them somewhere that you can come back to them. Now, I would love to write them on paper. I think that would be great. I unfortunately have arthritis in both of my hands and typing is already hard enough. And so I am totally content with my notes app. And what I love about it is that it's searchable. So I can never remember which note it was in. And that doesn't matter because I can just search for a keyword and find something and reflect back on it later. This also allowed me to think bigger, think bigger than I had previously thought I could. 
Now, I don't know if this was because I had hit so many of these personal financial goals, if it was because I had checked the boxes on what I thought I could accomplish, or if it was because I was finally giving myself permission. But regardless of why, I definitely focused on in those moments in time where I was journaling, what did I never think or allow myself to believe that I could do? And I will say many of those things for me have been things tied to being in more masculine energy or associated with a male role in a partnership or marriage or even a primarily male role in the workplace. Now, not that I think those things are gendered by any means or any stroke, but because society had taught me to believe they were, I had limited myself as a woman thinking I could even imagine myself in those places. And that gave me so much insight as to not only how I could grow or think or change or impact, but how my business could as well. Now, as you go through these steps of embracing the uncertainty, the self-reflection, and the journaling, I think you need to ask yourself some questions. What are my core values? What brings me the most joy and satisfaction? What are the things I am doing just because they're expected of me? What would I do if I wasn't afraid of failure? What is most important to me? Who would I be if money were no object? How would I spend my time if all my financial objectives were met and taken care of? Spend some time on that. Oof. You're going to get some learnings and teachings and uh, so much is going to come from this. And I'm excited for you. I'm so excited to see what it unfolds for you. Now, some of you are going to need some other exercises because you're like, I need to get on my head. I can't even imagine asking myself these questions and then free writing. Okay, okay. We don't have to immediately go into that. Maybe you're a really visual person. Start a vision board. Doesn't matter that it's not January. What represents your goals and your dreams? And maybe it's just a feeling you want to feel. That was one of the most freeing things that happened for me the last time I spent time in this exercise. I was less worried about what task or objective that the thing represented. And I spent more time about what these things brought feeling-wise into my brain when I looked at them or imagined myself there or immersed myself in that experience. That was really helpful in helping me unlock what are the feelings I'm after and what are the things that are going to unlock those feelings for me. Now, this next exercise may feel super businessy, but sometimes we need to acknowledge what's in our way and how we can really move through it. And so I would love for you to do a quick SWOT analysis. This isn't a pro con list for your life. This is simply for you to better understand what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are your opportunities in life and in business? 
And what are the threats that you're facing to reaching those goals or objectives? Spend some time in it and really unravel. Are the threats real Oof. or are they perceived threats? Are they threats that just bring on anxiety, but they don't necessarily prevent you from moving forward? And is there a root behind that threat that can be addressed? How can we take the weaknesses that we see in ourselves and either flip the script on them and see them as our superpower or see them as opportunities for development, whether we surround ourselves with a mentor that can help us grow in that area, whether we take a class or get a coach, or maybe we embrace it as we don't need to know that thing. Maybe you hire someone to fill one of those weaknesses. There's no right or wrong answer for how to use this information, but I do think it can tell you so much about yourself. Now, another exercise that, while I haven't done for myself, and partly that's because I feel so deeply connected to the mission, vision, and values of my business, but If you need to spend some time and really think about what your personal mission statement is, I highly encourage you to do that. And if you haven't yet created a mission, vision, and values for your business, work on those things in tandem because I do think they will inform each other. Now, before we go, I think it's really critical that I introduce you guys to the incubator. Now, some of you may have heard about the incubator before or what it could do for you, but if this is your first time, I want to bring you up to speed. Now, first of all, I have to tell you why the incubator exists in the first place. Its purpose is deeply rooted in my desire to help more women create financial security and independence, financial independence for themselves. Now, reaching that moment for myself has been such a relief I cannot explain and has allowed me to imagine a future with less boundaries, more meaning, and more passion. And so I designed the co-op to help you get there faster. Now, while I don't think money can necessarily buy you happiness, while it can definitely buy you experiences and joyful moments, I do know with certainty that money can buy you a level of freedom. And that's something I want for more women. I don't want you to miss a thing. So there's a couple steps here before we wrap up. If you are not on our email list, step numero uno, bossproject.com slash sign up. Just get on the list. That way you can get all the updates from me and my team, bossproject.com slash sign up. Also, you need to be following what's happening on Instagram. Go to Boss Project, make sure you're following, hit the little bell icon and make sure you like put it on for new stories and new posts. You're going to get all the best notifications there. And if you look at the bio, you'll see my individual personal Instagram. Be sure to follow there as well. I hope you found this episode informative and inspiring. You don't have to know what's next, but I know that a lot is possible and I can't wait to see you start your journey. So spend five minutes after we wrap up 
getting some of those initial thoughts out wherever you want. Notebook, your notes app. This was such a joy. I love you guys. Chat soon.